Hello everyone. It is Sunday, August 14th here in the Philippines. My name is Tom Kuntz and this is episode 29 of my Snutcast. Today, I want to talk about unbelief. So with that, let's get started. I used to pretty much ignore the concept of unbelief in the scriptures. Whenever I would read the word, <clears throat> I just figured the writer was talking to those without any faith. And, and surely that didn't apply to me. And so I went happily on my way. And then a few years back, a good friend of mine gave me the manuscript of John Pontius's book called The Call of Zion. It was later published as Triumph of Zion. As I read that manuscript, I liked what I read, but I was struggling to believe all of it. I mean, why weren't the leaders of the church talking about these principles of translation, about having our carnal election made sure, and about receiving the second comforter? That initial experience really got me thinking, though, in a big way about the promises in the scriptures. About a year later, we were having state conference, and I had been assigned 10 minutes in priesthood leadership meetings to talk about any topic I felt inspired to present. Because I had read The Call of Zion, I was continually drawn to the comments of Brigham Young, President Packer, and President Uchtdorf about living beneath our privileges. I wanted to talk about just what these privileges were and why it was that we were living beneath them. After talking with one of our high counselors for an hour one day to get a second opinion as to whether he thought I should or should not discuss this topic during a session of state conference, I decided to press forward. My thesis was essentially this, that as priesthood holders, we have great privileges to claim, yet we are still struggling with doing our home teaching and being diligent in our callings. We needed to raise the bar on our own performance if we ever hoped to gain claim these greater privileges. Now, what I have not yet mentioned is that Elder Marlon K. Jensen of the 70 was our visiting general authority for that conference. After spending a few minutes brainstorming with those in attendance what privileges were available to us, I turned to one of my favorite scriptures in section 93 of the Doctrine and Covenants. It's verse 1. This is what it says. Verily, thus saith the Lord, it shall come to pass that every soul who forsaketh his sins, and cometh unto me, and calleth on my name, and obeyeth my voice, and keepeth my commandments, shall see my face, and know that I am. So there it was. The promise that if we repent, come unto Christ, pray, obey the still small voice, and keep the commandments, we can see the face of the Lord. Now, if you read the first 15 verses in that section, it's pretty clear, at least to me, that this verse is referring to our time on this earth as opposed to the next life. I ended the session by challenging all of us to raise our sights and claim our blessings. Elder Jensen then spoke immediately following my short presentation. I, I was a little concerned about how he might respond. What he said, however, put my heart at ease and strengthened all of us. He told us that President Packer was speaking to the general authorities at a training meeting one time, and he told them that many were living beneath their privileges. And then he quoted Doctrine and Covenants 93.1. Elder Jensen mentioned he had never before heard this topic discussed in a state conference. He left me with the impression that indeed these promises were for all of us as well. 
Well, following the session, another one of our high counselors, Kevin, approached me with a few scriptures he had been studying, and that began a conversation that has continued to this day. A few weeks later, he asked if I had heard of John Pontius. I indicated, yes, I had, and I told him I just wasn't sure I believed everything he had written. He referred to some of John's firesides, which I later listened to and was inspired by. You see, I could immediately hear the Spirit in John's voice, and I knew he was an honest seeker of truth. That series of events has changed my life for the better. If any of you are interested, I have a link to his inspiring firesides on my blog. Okay, so what does unbelief have to do with all of this? Well, the more I learned about the privileges afforded to us as children of a loving Heavenly Father, the more I had to ask myself whether or not I believed it. Well, that wasn't hard. Of, of course I believed it. I mean, there are so many evidences in the scriptures about these things happening to prophets like Isaiah, Samuel, Peter, Paul, John, Nephi, Lehi, Alma, and many, many more, including, and perhaps most importantly, the brother of Jared. Joseph Smith talked about it constantly. And in our day, Elder Bruce R. McConkie and President Marion G. Romney have spoken openly about these topics. If you're interested, there is also a link in my, on my blog page to a BYU-Idaho page with a number of these addresses available. It's a really nice collection. In April 2013, President Boyd K. Packer gave a stirring address at General Conference titled, These Things I Know, where he essentially testified of his own spiritual experiences with these topics. Well, it seems that it is always easier to believe that these blessings are available to other people, especially prophets and general authorities. But do I believe that they are available to me? Do you think they are available to you? That, I believe, is the harder question. That is the question of unbelief. In Mark 16:14, the risen Christ chastised his faithful apostles about this very problem of unbelief. Here's what he said. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and abraded them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Isn't that interesting? These apostles that had been with him in his ministry had been nurtured by him, loved by him, taught by him, and had learned from him. Yet when it came to thinking beyond what they thought they knew, they succumbed to unbelief. They were simply unwilling to consider that there might still be things that they did not fully understand. They drew boundaries around what they thought was possible and simply discarded the rest. This brought them a sharp rebuke from the Savior. This is what I think often plagues us as Latter-day Saints. I know it has been a problem for me. As I have worked through my own unbelief, I remembered hearing a quote about Joseph Smith that was published in the Millennial Star in September of 1983. As a reminder, the Millennial Star was the forerunner to today's Enzyme magazine. It was recorded by a man named Robert Horn. Quote, On May 23, 1843, I listened to a discourse preached in the Nauvoo Temple, which was then only partially finished. Brother Joseph was talking on the pre-existence of our spirits and our relations to God in the spirit world and our standing in the family circle of our Father. 
Now I am telling the truth, and I remember that while thus talking, he suddenly turned around to the apostles sitting on the stand and said in effect, Brethren, if I were to tell you all I know of the kingdom of God, I do know that you would rise up and kill me. Brother Brigham arose and said, Don't tell me anything that I cannot bear, for I do not want to apostatize. Unquote. So what can we do to eliminate or at least diminish this unbelief in our own lives? I think Elder Whitney L. Clayton said it best in his October 2001 conference address titled, Help Thou My Unbelief. Here's what he said, quote, We simply go and do the things the Lord has commanded, even when we are weary, trusting that he will help us to do exactly as he asks. As we do so, the Lord helps our unbelief, and our faith becomes powerful, vibrant, and unshakable. The prophet Joseph wrote from Liberty Jail, Therefore, dearly beloved brethren, let us cheerfully do all things that lie in our power, and then may we stand still with the utmost assurance, or faith, to see the salvation of God and for his arm to be revealed, end quote. Well, I've thought about this, and I want to add five additional ideas that might be of help in terms of how we might rid unbelief out of our lives. Number one, we need to nourish ourselves with more evidence of God and Christ than of things of the world. Joseph Smith taught that the Book of Mormon is the most correct of any book on this earth and the keystone of our religion, and a man would get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than any other book. Let's all put that to the test by studying it daily. Let's replace our unbelief with knowledge found in the scriptures, and especially from the Book of Mormon. Number two, we need to get outside of ourselves by serving others. In an April 1981 conference address, Elder Marvin J. Ashton of the Quorum of the Twelve said, quote, We serve that which we love. If we sacrifice and give our love for that which our Father in Heaven asks of us, it will help us set our footsteps upon the path of eternal life. We love what we serve. End quote. Number three. We need to sincerely pray that our unbelief will be swallowed up by the strengthening and enabling power of the atonement. One way for this to occur is to pray for humility and correction that we might become better disciples, that we can more easily recognize the hand of God in our lives. Another thing we can pray for is that our lives will be filled with the pure love of Christ, even to the consuming of our flesh. Number four. We need to surround ourselves with good friends whose faith and belief is greater than our own. We need to ask them to teach us so that we might learn from them. And number five, we need to listen more carefully for the still small voice of the Spirit of God and record each one of them. After the prompting is followed, record the result. I promise you, you will be amazed. Well, I want to summarize today by quoting Elder Jeffrey R. Holland from a talk titled Rending the Veil of Unbelief, given at BYU Sperry Symposium in 1995. Quote, The Book of Mormon is predicated on the willingness of men and women to rend that veil of unbelief in order to behold the revelations and the revelation of God. It would seem that the humbling experience of the brother of Jared in his failure to pray 
and his consternation over the 16 stones were included in this account to show just how mortal and just how normal he was. So very much like the men and women we know, and at least in some ways, so much like ourselves. His belief in himself and his view of himself may have been limited, much like our view of ourselves, but his belief in God was unprecedented. It was without doubt or limit. This is what he said, I know, O Lord, that thou hast all power and can do whatsoever thou wilt for the benefit of men. Man, therefore, touch these stones, O Lord, with thy finger. That's in Ether 3, 4. And from that command given to the Lord, for it does seem to be something of a command, the brother of Jared and the reader of the Book of Mormon would never be the same again. Ordinary individuals with ordinary challenges could rend the veil of unbelief and enter the realms of eternity. And Christ, who was prepared from the foundation of the world to redeem his people, would be standing at the edge of that veil to usher the believer through. End quote. Thank you, Elder Holland, for that beautiful, beautiful witness of the blessings that are available to us. I really hope that none of us will be subject to the warning found in 2 Nephi 28:27 that says, Yea, woe be unto him that saith, We have received, and we need no more. May we all seek for more. May we eliminate unbelief in our lives and open ourselves up to the marvelous privileges and blessings that are available to every single person who is willing to pay the price. That concludes episode 29. I do hope that all of us can be more aware of the unbelief that holds us back from claiming the great privileges available to us. May we each work to dispel our own unbelief and in doing so, rend the veil in our lives, as did the brother of Jared. If you would like to find the links to the articles and firesides I mentioned earlier, they can be found at Znukmot, that's Z-N-U-K-M-O-T, Tom Koontz, spelled backwards, znukmod.wordpress.com. Until next week, keep the faith.